looks like I'll take uh, John Frushanti off the list of casual topics. Oh, you can bring it up. I don't care. <laughs> order it in black or order it in white. Then you can make a delicious six-pound chicken, a big 10-pound golden brown turkey, a scrumptious, flavorful six-and-a-half-pound standing rib roast, not one, but two delicious rotisserie chickens. Two. Enough hot dogs and sausages to feed a small army. <laughs> and everybody's favorite, three extra thick, healthy salmon steaks. Whoa. <laughs> Are those sockeye? I don't know. I don't remember. They remember we were talking about the tri-tip? Yeah. It's, uh, we were skeptical. Tender, flavorful, Texas-style tri-tip. Exactly. Turns out it's a thing. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a thing. I've heard multiple jokes about the tri-tip, and... It's a cut. It's, you got a winner there. It's a cut of beef. And a cheap one at that. Yeah. wonder if the tri-tip gives it three levels of flavor and deliciousness. I saw this dude on YouTube, and all he does, he, like, his channel is dedicated to doing dry age meat okay and um he took a regular like cheap old brisket and he took like um some wagyu okay a5 wagyu fat top quality yeah and he systematically injected said fat in the grid formation into the cheap cut brisket. Whoa, that is high and lowbrow culture at the same time. And his family member, whoever he does the taste tests with, couldn't tell the difference of whether or not it was Wagyu. Hmm. I think he's onto something. I think he is. Yeah, because like the fat and meat is what makes it tasty. Absolutely, a well marbled steak. Right. So if you can just inject fat into a cheap old lean ass piece of meat. You're, you're, you're onto something. That's a really good you're point. You're increasing the price of that cut of meat you know, drastically. By quite a bit. Yeah, and apparently you can just buy this beef talon or whatever it's called, like yeah. talon, off of like Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. Is it dried? Is it, it canned? It dried. could be canned. Well, actually, it looked like it, looked like it was like the consistency between molasses and honey. Oh, so that's heavy and gelatin. I guess gelatin is from the bone. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is about it, but that's a smart move. I wonder what the regulations would be around marketing it as wagyu. You wouldn't be able to. Maybe it's some not, kind of play not, on. If it's not Japanese wagyu, then you can't call it wagyu. What if you spelled it W A G O O? Yeah, then yeah, of course it's like genuine leather. We're talking business here. JP and B Rocks. Badass brisket is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Okay, speaking of food, I, I let's keep the fat. Um, the butcher shop next to my house started selling lard, pork lard. Yeah, why not? It's a great thing to have on hand. Oh, yeah, I've got a, two bricks of lard at home I was going to use to, uh, to make those. I was telling, remember I was telling you about making like tacos out of pork shoulder? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to cook the pork in lard. Oof. I made a uh, chicken dinner last night and did some collard greens with it. Oh, yeah. I'm all about that. Delicious. Keeping with the greens. Don't, don't you want to do an intro here? I suppose we do. Welcome back to Some Redeeming Qualities, everybody. I am B-Rock, here with JP. Oh, so you forgot. I was hoping you were going to finish that one, but... No, you were doing such a good job. I appreciate it. And uh, we're here with another uh, a hot episode for you. A hot take? Hot take. Got uh, a little bit of talk about sandwiches. Hmm. Sandwiches. We were talking about BLTs last week. We spent uh, half an hour listening to others talk about BLTs. We talked about BLTs on the on this? Afterwards. Oh, yeah. Remember afterwards. we threw on that uh, yeah, yeah. great program? Oh, hell yeah. We heard a great recipe for BLT, one of the best sandwiches. And this week, 
I substituted arugula instead of lettuce. Yeah. It was great. Instead of lettuce? Yeah. Isn't arugula lettuce? No. A different vegetable. Okay. I always thought it was in the lettuce family. It could be. But it's like peppery, a little bit bitter. And yeah. It was, it was very nice. Hmm. A little bit of cheese on there. I had a BLT this week. Was it up to par? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, like there's some sort of chemical reaction that takes place with the mayo and the lettuce and the tomato. It just makes it really good. It's true. And I think no mustard is the way to go. I was talking mustard, mustard. last week. Mm. I, was, I was throwing mustard on it. Hell and no. It takes over. You name me a sandwich that you eat for breakfast that has mustard on it. I enjoy an egg sandwich with some grainy Dijon mustard. Big fan. Wow. It may discuss some. Let us know, folks, if you also agree. We want to know, as Canada is the largest producer, excuse me, Canada is one of the largest producers of mustard in the world. Of prepared mustard? Mustard, the plant. Right. Okay. So they just export the dry goods? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But mustard is important in this country is all I'm saying. So let us know how you feel, guys. Let us know. Hey-o. I, I stick with the iceberg. Let us know no, the mean. iceberg is, it can't really be beat. I don't like it shredded, though. Really? I don't mind it light iceberg lettuce shredded on, like, a sub. Mm-hmm. But, no, on a BLT, I want the full leaf. The full leaf. Also great for lettuce wraps. Yes. A little chicken satay. I like romaine hearts for lettuce wraps. You know, lettuce is versatile. Yeah. For such a, a bland vegetable. It's cheap. It's mostly water. It's true. No nutritional value. That's the thing. That's why I like the arugula. Get a little iron, vitamin K. Yeah. As long as it doesn't taste like dirt. Some, some lettuce that tastes like dirt. It's true. No, this is pretty tasty. I, I recommend the arugula, guys. So you said you had some other food topic to bring up? I, yes. Yes, I do. Decaf coffee. What do you think about it? Let me hear what you think. That would be like if you were into smoking TH-free, THC-free weed. I like TH-free. TH-free? What is TH? I don't know. It just sounds good. Rolls off the tongue. Oh, okay. So, I'm drinking coffee right now. I love coffee. You're drinking decaf? No. Oh. No, I need some energy for the podcast. But, um, you know, like at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, like, I really want a cup of coffee. But I can't. It's going to keep me up all night. So, the local roaster, apparently they use a, uh, a brand that does Swiss water decaffeination. Some bullshit. I looked it up. They, they also supply Tim Hortons. Second yeah, cup. It, does, it doesn't. Okay, look. Whoa, my coffee is uh, city water. <laughs> blah blah blah. You know who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, normally they're using chemicals to. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, so they used some Swiss water process. It gets to your house. What kind of fucking water are you putting in it? Tap water. Darn right, unfiltered. Yeah. So you haven't even reached the the you know, aficionado level of using like demineralized water only in your coffee. Mm, touche. But the flavor is better with, I mean, I've never liked decaf. Usually it's just bitter, bland. I can honestly say I've never had a cup of decaf that I'm aware of. It's not as bad as you think. I'm sure it tastes just like coffee, but yeah. I drink coffee to, you know, the same reason I smoke weed. To get a buzz. Right. <laughs> I don't drink coffee every day, but when I what? do, no, I don't drink caffeine every day. I'm not one of those fucking Sky. addicts. Man, you are disciplined. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was growing up, I remember uh, it was like it's some sort of holiday, maybe Christmas, and you know, the bunch of family at the house, and my aunt said to me. This is, I must have been like, I don't know, 12 or something. And she's like, don't talk to me until I've had my cup of coffee. 
I hate that. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, she needs a cup of coffee to be able to talk to someone. So I was like, I never want to be like that. So I don't drink coffee every day. Let me tell you, I drink coffee every day and I'm just fine without it. I have two cups in the morning. It's great. Spaced out over like three or four hours. And there's days where I won't have it out of necessity. It's all good. Okay. I, I do hate it when people say that. Yeah. It's the worst. Let me talk to you in the morning. I don't know. I haven't even had my first cup of coffee yet. Come on. Ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, she said it. That's some addict shit. And she meant no, it. No. <laughs> she really believed that, you know, she couldn't hold a conversation until she had a cup of coffee. And that is dependence on stimulants. Yeah. Whether you realize it or not. I don't say like, oh, don't talk to me until I've smoked a joint. No, I'm chipper as hell in the morning. I'm not chipper, but I'm not telling people to not talk to me. Others kind of get annoyed. I'm that chipper in the morning. It's not good. For others, I'm enjoying myself just fine. Let me tell you. Did you hear about this um, FBI bust? The ANOM bust? ANOM. Oh, you didn't hear about this? Is that short for something? Yeah, it is. Not anonymous. Yeah, it's kind of something like that. Okay, I, I may have heard of it. Tell me. So, the FBI this week, in um, coordination with, I think they said something around 100 other countries, uh, arrested somewhere in the neighborhood of like 500 to 800 people. Whoa. Yeah, and 13 tons of drugs. What? Yeah. Just generic drugs? Yeah, mix they didn't, of everything. They hey? didn't specify what exactly it was, but so what they did is they hired some dude that used to work on, you know, the other end of things, mm -hmm. on the criminal side, let's yes. say. Um, they hired this guy to create them an app, a messaging app that was encrypted, or so they said. And so what they then started doing is taking, buying brand new phones mm -hmm. and loading them up with this app before they sold them. And they were selling them to people under the auspice that these are encrypted phones. This is the Nokia of 2021. No, no, it's like a Pixel or anything. Yeah, it, had, it was all Android based. Um, but they all had this app on them called Anom. Hmm. Yeah, that was an, supposed to be end-to-end -end encryption. Like something like Signal. Yeah, yeah. They sold, uh, they couldn't even, they couldn't keep up with the demand for these phones. Oh my God. Yeah, and so they had every single message that anybody had communicated on this app and it was only used for, you know, criminal activities. <sighs> yeah, and like uh, I, people are, there's a lot of people out there looking for anonymous phones. Like the one thing I, I probably wouldn't have fallen for this. Yeah. Because as soon as you're talking about a smartphone, you're immediately not talking about anything anonymous. Agreed. Right. There's a way. There's in. so many functions and features on a smartphone yep. that are connected to the internet. You need a flip phone. If you want an anonymous phone, you got to get a flip phone. And then even then it still takes, I, I think most of the time it's a hardware modification. Interesting. That actually makes the voice because it's you can't encrypt text at all. Oh, you can, but I mean, not like SMS text, right? Um, yeah. So anyway, they busted all these people around the world. Wow, with all that all had these phones, and they made money off the phones. And you know, <laughs> what I mean? like, people wanted these fucking phones. Wait, did you say it was a it was a Pixel? They. They used Pixels as one of the phones, but it was all Android-based phones. So they'd buy like hmm. hundreds, hundreds of phones, load them up with this app, and then sell them as these are not with that these phones that have this anonymity associated with them. And then people started messaging back and forth, you know, in the criminal side of things yeah. about like they said they learned so much. Like they were learning about. Um, Somebody was sending uh, something like, oh, from Costa Rica to, I think it was Spain, was one of the examples. 
um, cocaine in um, tuna cans. Whoa. Yeah, but <laughs> during the communication, like the person, some person on, I'm not sure which end, was teaching the other person about like what are the requirements and what's all the necessary documentation you need to ship a, a sea container. Huh. Yeah. So like all these ins and outs of what all goes into the trafficking of drugs mm -hmm. that they were picking up on. That brings a whole new meaning to fish plus scale. Like, plus like they were sending photos of the, the shit before it got sent. So the police knew exactly what to look for. Fuck man. Yeah. I feel like I'd probably fall for that. Well, it just, I just told you how not to fall for it. I, indeed, but... Don't ever take a smartphone that somebody says is anonymous. <laughs> Very fair. Yeah. I Speculation only. Would the companies have to be in on this? Probably. No, because the, the phones FBI. were bought off of the retail market. And then adultered afterwards. Yeah, you can just sideload apps into an Android phone. Right. You don't need to have a Play Store account. It yeah. doesn't need to be a verified app. That's a pretty simple and smart way to it do it like on their end. They're the most successful busts of all time. It's kind of impressive. Not really. It's just the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's so simple that I see how people fall for fell sure. For, it, for sure. Like, I don't understand why they just don't use signal. Agreed. <laughs> it's a great. You don't app. need to buy a special phone for it. You can delete your messages as soon as you want. Yeah. Auto destruct. It's got to be the way to go in the future. Or people should also probably use if you're talking encryption about shit, you on their own. Be talking about yeah, I mean like PGP first you, that shit. exactly. First you yeah. start with something like PGP, and Don't. then if you trust something else like Signal, then you use Signal. But if it's if you don't like, I don't know. I'm sure these a lot of these people were low level, right? Yeah. But still, I mean, when you catch enough of small fish, yeah, it results in a big thing. I'd want to see that. I always love seeing the drug table after a bus and like mm -hmm. the news. They I'd love to see they that didn't table. Show anything like no, that. but it was like, like I said, like hundred countries around the world. My God, they should be running studies on the quality of the drugs. I'm sure that would cost a lot of money. Are. Send that to the uh, World Drug Report guys. Oh, I don't know if they're they're probably collecting that information, but not necessarily for any organization. Probably not. FBI shit only. That's uh, that's some smart stuff. I'm surprised you heard about the uh, the guy in the mouth of the whale, but you didn't hear about that. <laughs> I found out about it just before I came down to meet you. I was oh. so excited. I'm like, it's just like the Steven Seagal thing from last week. I'm like, this is going to be breaking. They had an interview with the guy on CNN. They did. Oh, it's on, uh, on CNN. He didn't look like he was in the mouth of a whale. He did look quite calm. He looked. He also looked like he could be a crackhead. Huh. Or a drunk or something. I feel like drunk is more probable. Yeah, I mean, like, they said he was uh, fishing for lobster. Yeah. He was probably illegally fishing for lobster. Also, who, maybe I'm being ignorant, but who dives for lobster? I come from people the East Coast. People that are robbing other people's traps. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. Because you set traps like a normal about. person. Uh, immediately, I knew that just by the description of what happened, that this guy was not above board on the lobster fishing. So then I looked at him and I'm like, this guy looks worse than me. <laughs> like he hasn't had a haircut or anything in fucking dog's age. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't look like they showed, a, I think, a picture of his like uh, scuba suit or whatever mm -hmm. or wetsuit. And it, it looked like he got it from Valley Village. Okay. I need to go back and look at this. Yeah. Like he... He definitely didn't look like a professional lobster fisher. But you want to think that Al Jazeera is good with that shit. I, think I guess just, if it was on CNN, I think, too. <laughs> I think some stories, you know, what happens is you get one agency that reports the story, like, you know, the AP or yeah, Reuters yeah. or whatever, and other people just pick up on it and then cite the other news source, and they don't really vet it. Yeah, it's lazy journalism. It is incredibly lazy and easy for a lot. I was talking, you were talking about Jane's addiction like months ago, and I finally got onto it. Mm. I watched their set from Hammerstein Ballroom in, I believe, New York. Okay. 97 on Halloween. I've seen it. Flea playing bass. Pfft. 
So good. They are insane. Yeah, Perry Farrell is no joke. No. You got it. Like, you kind of worry about him no. watching the set. He no. seems like he's got it together. The hair was something else. I don't know. Well, not, like, when, I, when that shit was out, the only thing that people ever talked about with Perry Farrell is that he might not swing for the men's team or he only swings for the men's team. I feel like it's a mixture of both just from the lyrical content. Maybe. And I don't, it didn't matter then. It doesn't matter. Don't care. Now it's great music. I always see him with a ton of women to anyway. Yeah. So it's Perry Farrell, whatever. I like that dude. It was a great, I do too, man. It was a great set. Another yeah. one I was watching was uh, Faith No More at Hellfest in France, 2015. No. Oof. Don't know it. Man, they still rock so fucking hard. Probably harder than... Eh, I wasn't alive when they were rocking, but uh, to see older dudes throw it down like that in a band that hasn't played for like 15, yeah. 16 years, that's beautiful stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Mike Patton's voice is still really fucking good. Yeah, I saw some something, I think... Was it like Jules Holland or something that you guys showed? Me? They did the BBC yeah, that's sessions. What it was. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, this set was like a lot of Angel Dust and King for a Day, a little Angel bit of the Dust new stuff. My favorite album. Angel Dust is their best album. Yeah, great band. Hmm. Well, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Let us get in to the substance of the show. What? Uh, how many intros are you doing? I thought that was the plan. <laughs> you just, or you already did one. I know. But you just did another one. Well, we were going to do the Hey Ladies. I was just making shit up. Oh. I took it incredibly seriously. Oh. I think, I don't think there's too many ladies listening to the podcast. It's true. I think there's only one that I'm aware of. That's very fair. Yeah. All right. What did you have some, you know, headline news that you wanted to share? I mean, I think we want to get into this uh, alien stuff. Okay. I don't even know where to start, to be honest, but whatever. So I guess June 3rd or yeah, yeah, June 3rd, um, the New York Times released this article called or with the tagline government finds no evidence that aerial sightings were alien spacecraft. Um, it's interesting that they chose that headline. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't know where I'm going with this, uh, last year, Donald Trump signed like a $2.3 trillion appropriations package that included the stipulation that ask the Secretary of Defense and the National or the Director of National Intelligence to submit an unclassified report on what the government knows about UFOs. They have till the end of June to mm-hmm. deliver this report. So basically, you know, what's been released so far or has leaked so far is that the Defense Department has been collecting information on ufos or what they're they like to call them now yeah unidentified aerial phenomena seem to hear a lot of that in the last couple of months yeah um but yeah for 13 years so i guess you know 2008 yeah um there's been this advanced aerospace threat identification program within the Pentagon um, that used like radar, uh, video footage, first-hand accounts provided by Navy pilots and senior officers. Um, If you look in the notes of today's podcast, you'll see links to the story and included in the story are the videos, uh, at least three videos that are part of what was analyzed by, you know, this advanced aerospace threat identification program. Um, What's interesting to me is that they're only focused on these Navy sightings, Mm -hmm. or at least that's how it sounds. Um, You, there's also this article that was released within the last week or two by the New Yorker, a 13,000 word essay 
on the same topic, but what they did, the New Yorker did, is they went through all the different times in the last 70 years that the U.S. has had some sort of uh, inquiry or um, team looking into UFO or UAP-related sightings. Mm -hmm. So, without, I guess without nutting too hard on this... It's exciting stuff. It's um, understandable. For 70 years, okay? So since... You know, shortly after the end of World War II, um, they've been on top of this in different forms under different governments. Mm -hmm. Throughout that time, most of it has been to delegitimize any of the reportings. Yeah. Until now. Until now. So now what they're saying is that, they're saying this unequivocally, that they're not alien. There's no evidence to show that they're alien. And there's no, there's also no uh, evidence that they're American. And there's also no evidence to say they're not alien. And that was one of the big right. things that I took away. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so they're suggesting that, and I, I pulled this out of the article, they're suggesting that um, quite possibly this could be unrealized technology that other countries have. Such as Russia, China. Yeah, Russia and China. But if you look at what Russia and China have been working on in terms of hypersonic vehicles, because mm-hmm. these are hypersonic vehicles as witnessed by the U.S. Navy, um, Russia... Or China has, um, let me find where I have it. Okay, so China has two prototypes. One's called the Zingkong 2 or the Starry Sky 2. They're both rocket-based, and um, basically what they do is they put a vehicle on the tip of a missile okay. or a rocket, yeah. and they launch the rocket, and then uh, it, it essentially, like just like a spacecraft does, it would the tip of the missile takes off on its own, mm-hmm. right? Sort of, sort of, if you picture how, um, Virgin Galactic launches its spaceships like yep. off the bottom of a plane, these are launching off of the tip of a rocket. Right. So the Chinese have some hypersonic weapons, but they're fairly rudimentary and their movement seems restricted into the trajectory of the rocket. They're not able to turn on a dime uh, and increase their elevation vertically, or you know, or dropping thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. in a in a second. Yeah, they're just not able to do that, right? So this is what China has made public about where they are with hypersonics. Not to mention that China is just launched um, a spaceship that put uh, a rover on Mars mm-hmm. and they're about to launch a crew based uh, project just into space. I'm not sure. I don't think their space station is ready yet. Um, and if you look at Russia, Russia is the same kind of thing. They're, they've got some hypersonic weapons as well. Um, let me see if I can find the name of that. So they have what's called the avant-garde or great, great name, the TU-71 which is also a missile-based system. So, oh, the other thing to mention is that, I don't know if you remember, and I think it happened in the summer of 2019, uh, the Russians had an accident with some nuclear-based weapons. I vaguely remember right? that, yeah. And they basically had to shut down like these towns that were nearby, mm-hmm. and people weren't allowed to leave their towns or go anywhere near the water when this happened. And that was apparently a new weapon based in nuclear. So if the Russians have this technology, this UFO or UAP technology that is shown in these Navy videos, Mm -hmm. why are they having, why are they going to the great lengths of doing research on a nuclear uh, system that's dirty and causes 
like have they have these accidents? Why would they be investing any money in that if they already had this great leap in technology that took them to, you know, these UAPs? It would be purely a decoy. Right. And, be and a waste if China of. has just launched its first rover and they're about to launch a crew for the mm-hmm. first time in a long time, um, it lends me to believe that they also don't have this technology. Yeah. Especially when you think about how China is in terms of their culture of copying. True. It's, there's a, there is an issue with intellectual property. It's just a cultural thing, yeah. right? So um, they copy shit as a matter of practice. Why would they be wasting time on researching this hypersonic missile? If they already had the tech. If they already had some other tech, right? Yeah. So then what other, if, okay, so if, if it's not, if it's not those countries, so if, if it's not alien, right? right? So as the U.S. is saying. Sure. It's not alien. It's not from the U.S. It's not Russian. We're, we're, we're saying that, like, based on what we publicly know about their uh, weapons programs. We'll make the assumption that yeah, it's that not these make countries. Make a safe assumption that yeah. why would they be putting people in danger researching lesser technologies if they already had something else? Mm-hmm. And the same goes for China. So where does that leave us? What other nations have the capabilities to make that kind of technology? None. Nobody. But if you think about it, okay, so the U.S. hasn't right come out, and that's why the, that's where this New Yorker uh, article is really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Is because the U.S. is coming out and saying it's not us, it's not alien, it's not or whatever. We don't know what it is, but we have no reason to believe it is or is not alien, right? Um, first of all, the U.S. government isn't hasn't got the greatest track record in being transparent or transparent um, as is shown by all of these like project blue book, the Mm -hmm. Condon uh, committee um, and majestic 12, like all these different um, times that the U S was, or got public that the U S had been investigating some sort of UFO Mm -hmm. or UAP type phenomena. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take like, maybe like a left turn here, but he starts to think about coding. Okay. Right. So coding is, you know, ones and zeros, blah, blah, blah. Would you not agree that, um, the ultimate coding will be biological? I think it already is. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So what do you think? Like people that the first people that get into coding, what are they, what are they coding biologics? What are they, what is their goal? To create life, yeah. most likely. Yeah, like hu- something human. Something reproducible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if this has been happening for 70 years, and if you look at the different pictures throughout the years, it's, it almost seems like you can identify older model UFOs versus newer <laughs> model UFOs, kind of like cars. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which is kind of sus. Sure. Right? Because you think about 70 years is like a fraction of time in the global scheme of things. It's nothing. Right. But I think what people aren't thinking about when it comes to these reports is what if one of these three countries, the U.S., Russia, or China, did capture a downed vehicle and did attempt to reverse engineer. reverse engineer some of this technology, then it would make sense that they maybe they have reached uh, a technological leap. Not by their own merit, necessarily. Right. Exactly. So what if it turns out that the U.S. for the last 70 years has been kicking the tire, and meanwhile, Russia or China has been fucking working on shit, mm-hmm. totally like into it, and they're that 70 years ahead of us. From that New Yorker article, it seems like we would know if that was the case. But it, if, it's, if it is that technologically advanced, maybe our radars aren't able to catch it, capture it. But well, I think only it, speculation. I think it's safe to speculate that when it comes to those U.S. Navy videos, those vehicles were probably unmanned. Humans couldn't, couldn't withstand the G-forces. No, no, they couldn't. So... And most likely just 
if we're operating on the same biological constructs, if it's from this universe, it probably wouldn't be able to withstand it either. Right. So what's crazy is that the U.S. is saying that these things are fucking real. Yeah. But they're not, at least not, the report hasn't completely out yet, but everybody's saying that the report is not going to uh, have any conclusion or any sort of answer mm-hmm. when, when it's delivered. You know, but they're admitting that they're real. So what else it, could it be? If it's not alien, if it's not domestic, if it's not Chinese, if it's not Russian. I think those are our only options. Is it, though? Like, could it be... What do we consider alien? Well, yeah, or could it be uh, some natural occurring thing that's interdimensional that we are not haven't reached yet i had this written down all right let's go well just if if these things aren't obeying the laws of physics as we know it it's very likely it's very possible that these things are operating from the fourth dimension possibly okay um that's that's pretty much it oh (laughs) but um yeah maybe the physics just don't apply because they're not from here. Right. Could it be, once again, speculation, human beings from a different dimension? Sure. Could it be that we are actually living in a biological simulation and these are probes sent by the experiment conductors Mm -hmm. to check on what's going on the other thing that's worth mentioning is that ufo sightings started to increase tenfold once around the time that the nuclear weapons were developed yeah right and they're also seen quite often in those areas you know near giant military complexes or spotted by you know navy fighter pilots etc so I know that the simulation is. <laughs> I'm always very skeptical about the simulation. Um, but if we're talking about possibilities, throw it in there. What if, uh, what if, like, what, what if it was even us? Okay, like you said, yeah, from the future or whatever, from a from the fourth dimension, yeah. Um, that you know, they come in and they they tweak the average chimp's uh, brain function by ten percent. Right? Yeah. And then just let evolution take place. And oh, well, all of a sudden now you've got man. You know what I mean? Let's see what happens. It's, and see, these things five years ago would be ridiculous to talk about, but we're kind of in the field now. Yeah. We have the materials. They're real. Things have been obtained. People have, there's been 120 sightings in the past few years, and the majority of them were confirmed to be non-American military, as you said. Those are the sightings. Those are just military sightings. Just the Navy sightings. Yeah. And right at this point, pilots are being told to report to their commanding officers if they see something, which is a great thing. Cause I feel like for a long time, if you saw something in the air, you'd probably be pretty inclined to not say shit. Talking about seeing aliens. I mean, it can't be good for the career. Right. And like, if the U.S. government is willing to cop to the fact that these are real mm-hmm. and their track record is not the greatest and they have not necessarily been forthcoming in terms of what they know about what's going on for the last 70 years, then have you ever heard about disclosure? No. So there used to be, I don't know, I don't know where the idea originated, but there used to be this idea that when when they announce that there are aliens and they're here, that it's going to take place over a period of time and they're going to let out a little bit of information here and there not to freak out um, the population. Yeah. Um, Is this part of disclosure? Is this one of the first steps in disclosure? It would make sense. They don't have any answers. And I think they're taking... I'm not saying that it's... I'm not saying for a second that it's aliens. I'm just saying they don't have any answers yeah. and they're admitting it's real and they're admitting admitting that it's beyond their scope of technology. 
And what I think is good is that they aren't saying yes or no. It kind of shows that they might be taking a, well, they are taking a scientific approach to this. Like, look at the data, look at what we have. Can we determine something either way? Well, this article also talks about this annex, this yeah. classified annex that they have where none of this information is included in the report. Really? Yeah, and nowadays, why do you need an annex to store data? Can you define an annex for me? Yeah, like a building. Like an aircraft hangar, let's say. Mm -hmm. You know, an annex, I don't know. It could be any type of building. But they have a building that contains a bunch of information that's not included in this report. That's considered classified. This is cons all the stuff that they're releasing is considered unclassified now. Okay. Or will be considered unclassified once the report is delivered. Um, I believe from the New Yorker as well, they, it was inserted into the classified annex that mandates the continuation of study of these things by the Pentagon. Yeah. Language was written in, in 2018 and passed in 2018 to go into effect in 2019. Okay, well, let's say like the U.S. has known for 50 years sure. that there's something to this. Yeah. They got a lot of information. Fuck yeah. They have a building of it. <laughs> but I think they've got, like, what's to say that there hasn't been various um, groups doing research in this, like from different parts of the military? Right? You talk about like the Robert Bigelow's. Yeah. Yeah. And how he was getting, you know, advanced aerospace defense contracts. And the stuff that he was in, in he was in, studying some weird stuff. Yeah, like and really weird so, stuff. So, like you hear about, like the Bob Lazar mm -hmm. claims that he was working at Los Alamos on trying to reverse engineer some of this technology. Right. What if that's true? So then they've been working on it, but they're still not talking about it. I think it, it would make sense for them yeah. to not talk about it. Well, yeah, but why are they then? Why are they uh, segmenting off this unclassified? bunch of information that they will talk about well the video uh, one video was out before it was official is that correct yeah it got leaked right so i mean at that point you kind of got to do something what do you mean if the public is seeing these videos of things moving incredibly quickly you have they just deny 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 like they have been for the last 70 years i suppose so there's been thousands and thousands of reports right over the decades why now so do you think that it's possible then that maybe the U.S. has made a technological breakthrough with some of this equipment and maybe they they want to say that, yeah, they've got something? Well, you know what I mean? They have used UFO sightings as a, a ploy yeah. for, for their own experiments, right? Definitely. And this would be a pretty big If you were living hoax. in the 70s and you saw a stealth bomber fly oh, over, yeah. you would think it was a UFO. What the hell is that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They fly real slow. They're in that black triangle shape that, mm. you know, many uh, UFO reports include. Yeah. Do you think the fact that, once again, let's assume that it is a uh, an entity of some kind. Okay. The fact that we're still here, do you think that would... Um, validate them as benevolent a hundred percent i do as well 100 percent um they if if they had that kind of level of technology mm -hmm. then they could do whatever they want with us and if it is so that it's a group of individuals or whatever let's hope they're uh, they're on our side yeah so i'm not sure where what the u.s is trying to get at with this report but to me, it only creates a whole lot more questions than it answers. Yeah, absolutely. That may be the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it, it, they may, like I said, maybe this is sort of a disclosure moment where there's, this is the first bit of info that they're copying to. And there'll be more to come. Like, this committee is supposed to continue on and continue researching, like you said. Yeah. So they'll, you'd think there'll be future public reports. Hopefully this becomes the norm. I don't know. It's super cool.
It is, man. And you've been uh, you've been excited about this since the start. You first told me about all of this while we were on LSD. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, when the first that's when the first that was Navy, years ago. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, that was when the first Navy report came out. Yeah, that, in the New York New York Times. Yeah, the the favor report or whatever. I've been like naturally skeptical as I think one should be, but especially reading that uh, the New Yorker article, I'm like. This is interesting shit. And there's this history, documented history of all the work that the U.S. has been trying to hide that they're doing in this area. You know what I mean? Like to me, they're only that only brings legitimacy to the idea that this, you know, they say 13 years that this organization has been collecting information, but it's obvious it's been going on a lot longer. The amount of money that you're putting into a program like this, like you would hope that you're not throwing this away just for images right. and fooling the public, right? It's uh, not only that, if you want to get like really detailed on some of this, if you look at, there's that one video where you can see that it's sort of like a saucer shape, but it has like a point on the bottom. Okay. And it actually changes the angle that it's moving in, in the video. Um, that lends itself to the way that um, Lazar described these vehicles in that they have to point their engine, let's say, in the direction they want to go, almost like it's like a, like a creating vacuum. like a field or, yeah, some anti-gravity or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the way the propulsion systems went, is they always orientate the the engine to the direction that they want to go in. Yeah. And it seems like in that one video, it kind of did that. Interesting. Yeah. So that's interesting as well. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what comes out with the report. And I really hope it's aliens. <laughs> I don't really care what it is. It's just the fact that it's real. Yeah. I don't know. I've been interested in, in stuff like this since I was a little kid. So this has to be super exciting. I've it's always just the kind most of... exciting thing that's ever happened. That's uh, that's a statement. Well, think about it. No, I agree. You know, in only it's only been like the last five years or so that drones have really become a thing, mm-hmm. right? And now you see a drone and nothing. But ten years ago, you saw a drone and you're like, "Fuck, we're being invaded." No, it's a fucking drone. We've never seen that kind of technology before. I remember yeah. the first time I saw a drone uh, was at a uh, open air concert here. Do you mean like a smaller drone? Yeah, like, like a remote like, control. Yeah, video drone. Like, yeah, you know, four propellers, five propellers, whatever. But I saw one fly over this crowd at a concert here, and I was like, fuck. You know, literally, this person could be in the parking lot without a ticket. He was watching the show. And getting a nice 1080p 4K uh, video of Damn. Jack White. Damn. Yeah. And maybe, or maybe it was Jack White's crew that was flying. Who cares? It's just the fact that you can do I it. I saw it and I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. That is really cool. Yeah. And nowadays anybody could have a drone and fly it around and it does things that, you know, 20 years ago would seem outrageous. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. You take a, a cell phone, like a smartphone back a hundred years and anybody that sees it is going to immediately think it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. So Technology can look very much like it's magic, you know. Um, if the paradigm shift hasn't happened right. in, in your area. Nowadays, I think, like, when something new comes out, um, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, cool, you know. Yeah. It's, People don't really think too much of it because we're just used to innovation in the last 25 years. It'd be really cool if it was the States, too. You'd, yeah. you'd hope it's not uh, it's got an, an a, enemy. If you ask me, it's got to be the states. Because um, if they that would if, signify if they've spent the last seventy years sitting on their fucking thumbs, not researching these things that they're now saying are real. Yeah, then they've really shit the fucking bed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, to me, it makes more sense that the U.S. is not ready to state that these are theirs, or that they've they've captured, you know crashed vehicles that can do these kinds of things which by many accounts the u.s has by whose account well the you just go back to the the biggest ufo sighting or whatever biggest ufo story in history of roswell right wow how the story changed 
from just two days in, the military announced it was a flying saucer, and then you know, two or three days later, they're like, "Oh no, it was a weather balloon." <laughs> Rick shouldn't yeah, have said and that. And like, they uh, there's interviews with people that were around from that time that said, "Yeah, it was something, and it wasn't a fucking weather balloon." Hmm. Right. I heard some clips today, just doing a little bit of reading and research of like old timey people describing what they saw. The sound is great. Might be something we want to get. The sound of the UFO? Uh, older people talking about UFOs in like 1950. It's quite funny to hear. What's the sound? Uh, pr- no, it's just like the voice. Oh, of the an, way people talk. The way people then. spoke. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's great. I just watched a, a documentary not too long ago called The Phenomenon. Okay. Which is about UAPs. And they did interview some old people. Was that good quality? The like video yeah. and the phenomena? I think I was reading about this today as well. Well, it was, the, it was, they talked about it in the article from the New Yorker. That's where it was. That Leslie, what's her name? Um, Starts with a K. Or Keen. Keen. Yeah, Leslie Keen. Keen yeah. Right. Um, Leslie Keen had something to do with, or she was friends or helped uh, create the documentary, The Phenomenon. So I just downloaded it and watched it. And she was, she's been on this for decades. Yeah. Leslie Keen. Hell yeah. Was she one of the lead authors on the New York Times yeah. article? Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I was reading this, uh, it was like a science update the other day. I won't get too into it, but there's a study going on out of University of Glasgow, and they're using mass spectrometry to, they pretty much analyze 2.5 million molecules, and they're using the movement of the molecules to classify them. The only thing that they did find that was interesting was living organisms had a complexity score, which was dramatically higher than non-living. So the idea is that if you were, they want to attach this to Titan, so they're in contact with NASA. Um, You attach this to a spaceship, just have it scan constantly for living or non-living organisms based on their complexity score of the molecules. Hmm. That's interesting. It's they were going for a different thing in the research, but that could be a cool tool to have, you know, just to easily discern right off the bat and then you can go and look into it a bit more. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I watched the fly for the first time the other day. I haven't seen it. Well, the reason I, the only reason I watched it is because I don't, and I never really understood why I still don't understand why. And I thought that watching it would answer the question, (laughs) but like Howard Stern mentions Brundlefly all okay. the fucking time. He's always talking about, oh, Brundlefly. He does shit like that. And I'm like, I need to fucking watch this. Because he brought it up, Brundlefly, again the other day. Yeah. And so I watched the Fly movie. That is a fucked up movie. Is it good? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, what's the dude's name? I couldn't tell you. Um, the guy from, the guy from Jurassic Park. Oh shit! Uh, Goldblum, Jeff yeah, Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> right. So Jeff Goldblum plays this scientist, yeah, <laughs> and he's he's working on like teleportation. Oh, yeah. And so he's been he was able to like teleport inanimate objects. Okay. And he really wanted to do it with like living, so he experiment experiments on himself and. The way it works is there's one pod where it basically takes a scan, which would tell you the entire makeup of the person from biological sense. Okay. And it creates almost like a schematic of what it, what are the components that make up, uh, make up this dude. Okay. And um, on the opposite end, what it does is it spits out based on its own recipe a schematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it spits out what whatever it thinks is the equivalent of the scan it took in the first module. Okay. And so he goes in it and surprise, surprise, <laughs> a fly flies in. Jeff Goldblum becomes a fly? Well, the fly flies into the pod that he's in, mm. right? And so when it does a scan, it creates the scan that includes the makeup of a fly. Huh. Right. That's, that's a pretty good plot. Yeah, I won't tell you anymore. So there's no spoilers. Is it worth watching? Yeah. 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 I actually want to watch the fly two now. 
Damn. Yeah. And it's got <laughs> Gina Davis in it. Damn. I never really thought she was hot before, but. In, in the fly, she's At killing that time, it. I don't know how old she was from that movie, but damn. I don't know who Gina Davis is. I only remember Gina Davis from like Thelma and Louise. It's the only movie that I can think of that she was in. But it's before my time. It's before my time, really. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching uh, Missouri Breaks the other day with Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando. It's a Western. Oh, interesting. How old is it? It's not as old as you'd want from your Westerns. It's only 70. Oh, but still Marlon Brando's. Marlon Brando's like. not Job of the Hut yet. Uh, no, he's on his way to it, yeah. for sure. Um, what year was it? 1976. Okay. It was pretty so good. after Apocalypse Now. Yeah, man. I also watched Platoon again. Oh, that's great. Fuck. I got to rewatch Apocalypse Now. You should watch it on acid. Yeah. Yeah, see, before we started doing acid together, there was never television or movies involved. Oh, But no, watching okay. a really well-done film on LSD is fucking awesome. Yeah. Especially when you're like, you're not so much uh, hypersensitive to everything that's around you and you're just like zoned into the movie. Yeah. And your mind wanders based on the movie rather than, you know, the way the sky looks outside. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but like the Grateful Dead. Right. They, they, They created the whole acid watching experience. And I think it was you that brought this up to me first, but, um, the idea of being such like masters of both music and acid yeah. that you can curate something to a whole different level of art is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, and that Grateful Dead video. Is I think best. it's off YouTube now. Yeah, it is on YouTube. I sent it to I you. I think it's gone. Oh, I don't care. I have I have a digital You version. got all the good shit. I got to get back in the torrent game. <laughs> no, no. The, the reason I have it is because I ripped it off of the, the VHS that I had of it. Right, you did. Yeah. Man. They never created it on anything but VHS, that movie. Huh. Yeah. And that's why it's difficult it's as to hell get. to find. Yeah. For those of you, for, for dear listeners, it, it really can't be described, but uh, just a tapestry of beautiful music and acid art. Yeah. Wolf Boy. Wolf Boy. What a band. Like at any point, I can, <laughs> not to get too deadhead, but uh, I can go to a live set and just love every bit of it. That's good. Yeah, man. Great band. Got some uh, albums of the week. All right. All right. Are they, uh, they've well vetted? Well vetted. Okay. Nothing new aside from film music colon science fiction by Brian Eno. Okay. 2021. Pretty cool Eno stuff. A little bit more upbeat. It seems like he's doing like film scores. For movies that don't exist. You know what? The way I, I like <laughs> Brian Eno and everything, but I feel like Brian Eno goes out and does like a live set and just turns it into an album. Uh, like basically every time. It? No, I'm just saying like basically every time that he creates a new sound, he it's a new album. He's got so many fucking <laughs> albums of ambient music. That it's the most subtle shit. Yeah, it's just. I like a lot of Brian Absolutely. Eno, but there's some of it's just garbage. Some of it, I wouldn't go as personally. I wouldn't go as far to say garbage. He's but got this one album. I wish I knew the name of it because I actually fucking bought it. It's not I music put, for airports, is it? No, but that's a great description. You could put that on many of his albums. <laughs> um, there's four of them. No, it's an album that's uh, completely computer generated. Is it The Ship? No, it's something recent, like in the last four or five years. The ship was recent. I, pre- I pre-ordered it. I'm not sure what the name of it is. Yeah. But I got it, and I listened to it. I listened to it once, and I was like, this is fucking trash. Yeah. He, he's experimental. Yeah. As can be. But that John Hassel album. Oh, I'm all over that. You know? When you make that much music, it kind of sucks, but some of it isn't going to be the best. Yeah, that's true. And I think we really see that with Omar Rodriguez Lopez from the Mars Volta. Okay. The, the dude put out 80-some-odd albums. I can't get through one of them. Oh, I, I don't find them that hard to listen to. No? I don't find them catchy enough to listen to multiple times. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. I don't know. Especially as a Volta fan, I want like the driving You just even stuff. look at, like, the, at the driving shit versus the Mars Volta. Not it's as good. It's completely different. Not as good. No. Not even the same ballpark. No, but it's almost the same guys. 
It is. Yeah. Anyway, it's that Cedric Bixler dude. That the singer? The, you know, the drummer from Bedlam. Yeah. yeah. That guy can play. I saw the, that dude uh, like compete at the world drumming competition. You saw him? No, no, like on, on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah, and oh my God, he plays like one of those like 20-piece drum sets. Yeah. It's fucking insane. I once read, a, I think it was just some shit on Reddit, but he was giving drum lessons, and this one person was livid. He's like, he was smoking blunts during the, during the practice. I'm like, why? of course he was. <laughs> yeah, that guy can drum. I need to smoke more blunts. Uh, like tobacco blunts? Or because they have hemp wraps, hemp wraps now. Yeah, I want to go with the more traditional. I do like splitting up a cigar and. Yeah, but like, to me, they put way too much of the tobacco in there. Yeah, which does give you a fucking high. Yeah, like, have it's you ever hard on the throat. The real shisha. Yeah, I'm not a hookah or shisha guy. Yeah, but are you? Have you ever smoked the real shisha? No, because it's tobacco no, based, right? And all the stuff that you smoke here, if you go to a restaurant or whatever, it's molasses based. Yeah, some kind of sugar. But fuck, you can get real fucked up on the shisha if you're smoking the tobacco based stuff. I picked up some pipe tobacco for a recent camping trip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That stuff gives you a buzz too. Oh, hull, hull, Roll, yeah, 100%. rolled into joints. Yeah, hell yeah, man. It's very the executive blend. It's great. All right. Uh, next up, a classic, but uh, who knows with the demographic of our listeners? Buena Vista Social Club. Okay. By Buena Vista Social Club and Ry Cooter, nineteen ninety-seven. Right. Traditional Cuban music. Flood, by Herbie Hancock, nineteen seventy-five. It's a given. Hey man, I feel like a lot of people don't know these. No, I think that, that it's pretty. That's, those are some pretty broad-based uh, recommendations, which is good. There's there's standards for sure. Um, Blunted on Reality by Fuji's, 1994. Okay, probably their better album. Yep. Although the score is fantastic. Yeah, that's better than the score. It's definitely more straight hip hop, which I'm a big fan of. And then lastly, Samba Esquema Novo from 1963 by Jorge Ben. Okay. A Brazilian samba musician. All right. Good stuff. And why are you recommending that? Um, it's older. It's enjoyable. I've been into samba recently, mainly because of Mad Lib and The Cut Chemist. Okay. Um, that documentary I sent you. Yeah, I have it on my list. I haven't watched it, but I've listened to that mix before. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, I just really enjoy the Brazilian sounds and to hear where it like originated or some of the early guys in the samba scene. Pretty cool stuff. So if you're into uh, samba music, go for it. Jorge Ben. Did you see, um, did you see uh, what's his name, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather? I just realized that happened today. Mayweather won, right? Mm, I'm pretty sure it was a draw. Really? They, they went eight? Or I guess maybe he won uh, under decision. Huh. Yeah. But... It was just like, you know, there's this streamer that I watch, you know, that I've talked to you about him before. Yeah. Um, he bet $10,000 on Logan Paul. And I'm like, are you crazy, dude? Like, Floyd Mayweather's never lost. Yeah. I don't care if they have, like, a 35-pound weight, weight difference. difference. Like, anyway. That to me, kid it was seems just, to be... Uh, he hasn't... He hasn't ma- he hasn't met his match even close yet. Yeah. And I don't know boxing very well. And when at he all. does, then we'll know. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. It is interesting to see though. Yeah. I just think that like, to me that the whole thing is orchestrated. To what extent do you think? To the extent that there's they before the fight even takes place, there's declared there's no winner. You think? No, there, they said that there's no winner. There's no, um, there was no regulations like uh, WBA, WBC, none of mm. that. They didn't follow any. They made their own regulations. So to me, what's the difference what's between the- that? Like when you're talking about like a professional sport that you're betting on, the whole idea is that there is no orchestration happening. It's competition. Yeah, it's Truly. based on competition. And, you know, one day this team is going to win because of, this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. the other day that they're going to lose because this, this, and this didn't happen. 
yeah, it's how it should be. With this fight, there was no doubt. That you, you really think Floyd Mayweather is going to take his only loss from a YouTuber? Hell no. So how could you therefore bet on something thinking that there's going to be a winner? It was truly just for the money. 100% was just for the money. That's not good. No. I mean, I think you saw this with the Tyson-Sugar Ray fight. Oh, yeah. And that... I, that was an, is another example of this. That's where fighting seems to be going. It's sad. Unfortunately. Like, I don't know boxing, but I do enjoy watching boxing. Like it's a, it's a intense sport. Competition's I like, heavy. I like those Trilla events. Yeah, this, uh, the Snoop Dogg thing. Yeah, man. But they have like the <laughs> rappers singing in between fights, and there everybody's smoking weed. Do you see that one where? Yeah, I mean, you can't one, not like that, can you? What was the? I think this was the Tyson Holyfield one or well, whatever. Snoop was commentating. Yeah, where was, Oscar De La Hoya was so fucked up, and he just kept <laughs> he kept calling one of the fighters by the wrong name over and over again, oh, and like no, yeah, and like the other commentators were like correcting him, but he was like, nobody corrects me. If I call him the wrong name, it's the wrong fucking name. And he just kept saying it over and over again. But he, you could tell he was just blasted. Yeah. It's like one of those examples of like, you know, you got this friend over that drinks heavily but doesn't smoke a bunch of weed and you want to want them to go home. You just, you know, roll up a fatty. And play the Mars Volta at the same time. Yeah, that would, help. that would definitely help. It used to be my strategy at the old house. We'd have a bunch of people. It's like, if you can't handle this, we don't want you here anyway. Interesting. So get... <laughs> But yeah, the uh, it is sad to see boxing going purely financial. Yeah, I mean, but it's always least, been big money. But at least it's entertaining. Like, I, like the whole show is entertaining. Yeah, like, you, like a lot of people would say that you know, boxing fights have been fixed for a long time. I'd believe that, even though <clears throat> they they put out the pers- the <clears throat> the view that they're not mm-hmm. that they're actually real fights mm-hmm. and people are betting on them and there are winners and losers and titles to be transferred if you lose or win um you got to give it to trilla though man that it's so fucking it's a great setup oh they're all fucking wasted and, <laughs> you know like well, they had like they had like some big artists on there yeah yeah i mean snoop did uh Drop it like it's hot at the Sugar Ray Mike Tyson fight. They had Mount Smoke More. Mount Smoke More. Yeah, which was like like a super group of <laughs> rappers. Remember where they were all sitting in the different chairs? They all had like thrones that they were sitting in. I can't even recall who the other artists were. That were I was there. live streaming it on the internet, and oh. then it all shut down. Oh, halfway through, I, I didn't actually see the old the fight. Well, that's what you get when you don't pay for it. It's true. I can't complain. You get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. They had Doja Cat. The Doja Cat? Yeah. I can't believe I like the Doja Cat either. Neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a way of like showing me something. I'll be like, huh, I wouldn't like this in any, no, any other fashion. I didn't like it in any other fashion either, but I it's kind of good. Something about that Doja Cat. It's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Smell you later. Smell you later. <laughs>